And you, you may uh, be thinking, okay, you, you might remember from last week, if you were here, that we're starting this new f- series called Stronger, uh, because one of our uh, One of the aspects of our vision statement is to strengthen families, and we want to have strong families, strong relationships. And so over the next four or five weeks, we're going to be looking at everything from marriage to sibling relationships, uh, how we interact in the family dynamic, uh, as well as how we invest in the next generation, and then finally kind of how the whole family operates. And so I want to give you a word of warning. Uh, There's a chance that over the next five weeks that I will say something that you don't agree with. And that's okay, just don't get mad about it. You you can call me, you can email me, we can have a wonderful discussion about it. I would love to do that. Uh, I'm not afraid of that. Uh, Just there's no reason to get angry. Uh, We're all doing our best to to find what God's Word says, uh, not only what it means, but also what it means to us. And so over these next few weeks, in this very important aspect of our lives, uh, and when it comes to family dynamic, uh, I want us to look at what God's Word says, that we can have stronger families stronger relationships with one another, uh, and maybe even have some restoration in some of our families. And today, uh, we are going to talk about marriage in some ways, mostly about men and women. Uh, But if you're here today and you're single, never married, uh, you're a widow, whether that's in person or online, uh, you're a young person who's not married yet, or you've experienced a divorce, I want to give you encouragement today that God loves you, uh, God wants the best for you, He desires uh, a great plan for your life, and no matter where you are uh, in that spectrum of marital relationship, uh, that God's Word is true. And my prayer today is that you would glean something from His Word that you could apply to your life, uh, whether that be now or, or in the future, uh, that you could look back perhaps on where God honored some things in your life, or He might use you Uh, to encourage someone else in the days ahead. And so uh, we're going to be in Genesis 2 today, but I wonder if you've ever done something that sounded like a great idea in your mind, but the execution turned out to be pretty foolish. I know that's not true of any of you. you. You're just all perfect people. But There was a man, uh, this story is actually all over the internet, but we believe it first happened in Taiwan, that that a man was so excited, so thrilled, so desired, the PlayStation 5, a video gaming system, that he tried to find a way to convince his wife that it's a good idea. Well, I'm not sure he was able to do that, and so instead... He bought the PlayStation 5 against her will and convinced her that it was an air purifier. (laughs) And if you don't believe me, look, because the item on the left is a PlayStation 5, the item on the right is an air purifier. They look pretty similar, except one plugs into your TV with HDMI cable and the other one plugs into an outlet and stands there to make noise oscillating. Well, as you might imagine, uh, she quickly realized that her husband was not honest and she made him sell it at a highly discounted rate to a friend. Oh yeah, like stab in the heart. 
I couldn't even make money off of it because I'm sure he would have. Sometimes we do things that sound good, but really aren't. That's why God puts people in our lives uh, to help us, to, to be that suitable helper. Uh, that's what the marriage relationship is designed to be, uh, to be two people who correspond perfectly to one another. And today we're going to look at that passage, the only perfect marriage in the Bible. It didn't last a long time, but it was perfect for a little bit. It's the only one in the Bible. And so we're going to look at it today. Uh, I've read this passage a bunch Uh, I'm sure if you've been in church for a little while, you've read it as well. I've done dozens and dozens and dozens of weddings, and it's been read in many of those. And so uh, look at it today. My prayer is with fresh eyes. And so beginning in verse 18 of chapter 2, it says this. Then the Lord God said, it is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. Now out of the ground, the Lord had formed every beast of the field and every bird of the heavens and brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And whatever the man called every living creature, that was its name. The man gave names to all the livestock and to all the birds of the heavens and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helper fit for him. So the Lord God caused the deep sleep to fall upon the man. And while he slept, took one of his ribs and closed up its place with flesh. And the rib that the Lord God had taken from the man, he made into a woman and brought her to the man. Then the man said, this at last is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. God created the entire universe, every creature, and at the height of that creation stands you and me, humanity. We are at the height of God's creation. Because even after God had created all the heavens, all the earth, all the creatures in the sea, on land, and in the sky, the heavens, He had one final creation, and that was humanity. And there is a clear and unique and powerful distinction between the rest of that creation and humanity. And that distinction is found in chapter 1, verse 27. He, we are made in his image, male and female, in the image of God. Under the umbrella of God's great majesty and might and sovereignty and power and perfection, he created you. And so whether you're here in person today or watching online, I want you to know that God created you uniquely to bear his image, the image of perfection and grace, love and humility, power and strength, perseverance and joy, faithfulness and goodness. That's how you were created. And so when you're feeling alone and frustrated, when you're feeling discouraged, know that God loves you, he cares for you, he desires great things for you, and you 
bear his image. No other creature on earth has that privilege but humans. Male and female, he created them. And he knit you together for his purpose and for his divine plan. And as Adam was there naming all the animals, what a cool job. That that would be awesome to do that. Name all the animals because I would have chosen different names. And so would you. You, You'd have called things differently. But as he did that, the implication is that as he looked at the animal kingdom, that each animal had had someone, something to correspond. There was corresponding partners there among the animal kingdom, but, but Adam had no corresponding partner. It's the first time that God says it's not good. All throughout the creation account, it's good, it's good, it's good, it's good. And then in this moment, it wasn't good. Because God knew of Adam's aloneness, and then he helped Adam recognize his aloneness. And you and I, as we think about our married life That there is an aspect when we don't have others around us that we are alone and God did not design us to live in isolation. He didn't design us to live solo. He designed us to live in relationship with others. And in this context particularly, he designed man and woman to come together in the marriage relationship. And so God created the second human, the woman. Two sexes, male and female, to be in relationship with one another. He solved Adam's issue of aloneness. And as we think about this passage today, the truth is the woman is the star of the show here. Uh, she, she is the one who gets the, the airtime uh, throughout this entire passage. And one of the beautiful things about this creation account is that woman is the first creation to come from another living being. That didn't happen with man. That didn't happen with the animals. No, God creates man, a living being, and then he derives woman from the man to ensure that she is equal in substance from her side, not from his head and not from his foot, but from his side that she would be equal in substance to maintain the unity of that family relationship, that dynamic of what it means to live together as a family. The woman is not from the dirt. And I think that helps us understand the differences between men and women. (laughs) God created man from the dust of the earth. And alligators and elephants too, right? (laughs) So there's something to be said about that, that there's a beauty and a strength and a power in that. Because as you think about humanity, it's important that God had order to the creation account. They had order for how he did things from from light to the seas, to the animals, to humanity, even creating Adam first and then Eve, because if it had been the reverse, Eve would have spent her entire life convincing Adam that he really was first, because that's how we men are. We want to be first, and so if we aren't first, we tell everybody how we should have been first, 
And so God knew what he was doing based on how he designed us. And so here she is, the star of creation. Complimentary, the, the perfect complement to Adam. And if you're married here today, if you're married when you're watching online, I want you to be encouraged today. I want you to be challenged today to seek and to see the suitability of your partner for you. That we need to understand the suitability of our partner. And if you're not married yet, particularly you over in this section here and a few up there, that you need to look for those people, that man or that woman, who will be perfectly suitable to you. You're not incomplete. You're, you're not incomplete without them. They will make you better. That's the goal of married life. To help you do things that you could not accomplish on your own. And so what does it mean to be suitable? What does it mean to be a suitable helper? Well, the great image that I always think about when I read this passage is a puzzle. Every year, Brandy's family takes off to southwest Florida to the beach. And just about every year, there's a puzzle or two that gets purchased and put on the dining room table and they work on it. And I breeze in and put two pieces together and tell everybody how great I am at puzzle making. But Brandy and others, like they diligently work over it and they look at those puzzle pieces because no two are the same. They all have different shapes and sizes, just like you and me, different shapes and sizes. But yet there's a correspondence to all of them. And when you put those pieces together, they fit perfectly. And they make a beautiful image, correspond perfectly, complement one another to create a masterpiece. That's why God created us differently. He created male and female so that we would complement each other socially, that we would complement each other emotionally, that we would complement each other physically. There's a complement there. They work together perfectly. Because that term help is actually a term that's not really used about humans. That term is actually used many cases in the Old Testament to reference God. It's how God helps. So the woman has been brought to the man to help him just as God was called, was brought in to help the nation of Israel. Over and over again, it talks about how God came to the aid and the support of the nation of Israel when they faced their enemies. Moses speaks of God as the helper in delivering his people from Pharaoh. That word helper is also used in terms of a shield to protect. Those aren't namby-pamby words like, you know, little dainty lady. No, these are powerful, strong words that God designed this woman to come alongside the man to be an aid, support, a help, a protector, a rescuer, a deliverer. Protective care over herself and her family. One version of the Bible says it this way, an indispensable partner so that we may achieve God's divine commission. His plan. Helper. 
It's how God uses us to work together to see blessing and honor come to each of us. Because without one another, we don't achieve the blessing and the honor God intended. We can't do it on our own in this marriage relationship. It takes both people. And so the woman was created like that perfect puzzle piece to complement so that the man could achieve all that he was called to and that the woman could achieve all that she was called to. And then there's this last little section here. My favorite part of the passage, verse 25, they were naked, my favorite word in the Bible. Not really, but it's just fun to say because seventh grade boys usually giggle. <laughs> they were naked and felt no shame. Because a perfect marriage of two people who understand that God designed them socially, emotionally, physically to correspond perfectly together, to, to live out this life together, that those two people would operate in such a way that it brought honor and joy to the other. That's what a perfect marriage is about. A perfect marriage is full of honor and joy. That's what it's built on. You know how I know that? Verse 25. Because this is when Adam and Eve were still perfect. They still walked with God in the cool of the garden. They hadn't messed life up for all of us yet. It was still a perfect marriage. And Adam, in the first poem in the Bible, this at last is bone of my bones. I've read this passage dozens of times and for the first time, that phrase jumped out at me, at last. Because think about it, what had he had done? He had named all the animals. I'm sure that took longer than an afternoon. And so he watched as these animals went by with their corresponding partner. At last. There was joy and excitement that, that God had created a corresponding partner for him, someone to have relationship with, someone to live life together. And that life is designed to be exclusive. A man shall leave his father and his mother. Leave. It's a relationship that takes priority over other relationships. It's exclusive. We leave other relationships behind in a sense to join this relationship. It's also permanent. Our old Bibles used to say, leave and cleave. Uh, mine now says, hold fast. You hold fast to that relationship. It's strong. It's strengthened. It, it doesn't go away. It's permanent. And then it's a God-ordained. It's a one-flesh relationship. That's important. Because when it's a one-flesh relationship, there's no shame. There's no dishonor. And so students, I want to encourage you. This is a big issue. Because when you're married, and you know that the person that you're married to loves you no matter how good you look, and no matter how good you look without clothes on, because none of us look that good, and there's no shame there, that's the joy of marriage. 
And getting into those physical relationships outside of the marriage relationships, all they do is create shame. Because that's sin. That's why when Adam and Eve sinned, they had to cover themselves up because they recognized the shame of their nakedness. The beauty of marriage is that you can be completely vulnerable, naked, and not have to worry about being dishonored. That's the beauty of marriage. Because if you've been to the doctor and had to take your clothes off, it is nerve-wracking. It's, it, it's, it's scary. You're like, you know, you, how, what do you do? Like, you need some pockets at least for guys. Like, you need some pockets. Then I'd be okay if I had some pockets. But, but it's, it's crazy because, right, there's, there's a sense of that where I'm so vulnerable that someone could take advantage of me. That's not just true physically, that's true emotionally. That, that's true in our relationship. And so God designed it perfectly that in the marriage relationship, it's the one place that I can be vulnerable. And instead of being shamed, I'll be honored. I'll be filled with joy. I'll experience comfort and security because that's God's design. That I would be connected with someone who fits me perfectly. And so I don't have to worry about it. And so let me encourage you, no matter if you're young or old, we need to honor the beauty of that vulnerability and not take advantage of it outside the marriage relationship. Because Adam and Eve, they damaged that in the very next chapter. I don't know how long this perfect marriage lasted, but it didn't last long enough. Because the goal of that marriage was not just to, to be naked and feel no shame. No, the goal of that marriage was to be fruitful and multiply. God didn't design the garden to just be this sort of simple little place where they kind of tended the field. No, the goal was to continue to multiply and to make the garden bigger and bigger so that God's family would extend beyond that little piece of land. So that this joy and excitement, that the plan of God would be carried out. And sin is what marred that. Sin is what destroyed that. Sin is what causes confusion even today about gender issues and relationships. It's because of sin. God created male and female that we may walk together in a beautiful relationship of trust and openness and honor and joy. Marriage is beautiful. It's God-ordained. It's a unity between man and woman. Two of God's creations bearing His image that would come together to testify to His goodness and grace. That's what we're called to do. And so if you're here today and you're not married or you've been married a long time, a short time, if you've been married and that marriage ended or you've had a spouse who's passed away, I want you to be encouraged that God loves you. He cares for you. He wants relationship with you and he wants you to be in healthy relationships with others. And if you're in a marriage relationship, that that would be one of honor and trust and joy. It would be a one flesh relationship that God designs. So the two have become one. 
that we as a people would be stronger because we live out the plan of God. To not have to worry about being like somebody else or different. No, God created me uniquely and perfectly to carry out his plan in my life and the life that I, those that I come in contact with. So I don't need to worry about changing that, modifying that, being different. No, I need to live in relationship with others so that we may carry out God's plan with strength and might, with grace and understanding, knowing that our world is fallen and I'm fallen. But I'm gonna pursue him in relationship so that we may experience life not of shame and dishonor, but no, joy and excitement. That's God's plan for us. And so may we live that way. Will you pray with me?